Field back to Hachimura. Oh, um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assist from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took a, took a in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it, honestly. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up in mind? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions! Thank you for joining us today. This is the Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. I'm Matt Vazana, and as always, my brother, Noel, a.k.a. the Italian Stephen A. Smith, or ISAS for short. I've gotten confused for that before, so I'm good. <laughs> I thought I'd save that one for you for today. <laughs> right, good times. If you missed that, listen to the last episode. It's a pretty interesting story, but uh, how's your week going? It's going. It's going work, you know. Uh, hey, I, I went out and kicked the ball around with the kids today. Had him sweat, boy. I had him freaking crawling on the ground. It was so hot outside. Had him running sprints. It was great. Take my take my aggressions out on them. It's awesome. Yeah. Did you kick the ball at their face or anything? Or tried my accuracy. Yeah. I haven't kicked the ball in a while, so my accuracy was a little bit off. No, you'll get there. I will. You'll get there. But um, so as always, we have an Instagram page. It is Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. And also on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod. And we also have a YouTube channel. Just search Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. It'll pop up right for you. So please check that out. And also, as I mentioned the last time, we have a Facebook group. So search groups and type in our name and we love you to join. So there you go. So wanted to jump right into the show if that's all right with you, Noel. So uh, to start it on Sunday, Redskins running back Adrian Peterson was interviewed by the Houston Chronicle and confirmed that he plans on taking a knee during the national anthem to protest racial injustice. Quote, just four years ago, you're seeing Kaepernick taking a knee, and now we're all getting ready to take a knee together going into the season, without a doubt. Peterson continued by saying, we've got to put the effort in as a group collectively. Are they going to try to punish all of us? If not, playing football is going to help us save lives and, and change things, and that's what it needs to be, end quote. Roger Goodell was in the news as well. The NFL commissioner, of course, made a statement on behalf of the NFL and ownership regarding their prior stance on players taking knees during the anthem. Quote, we, the National Football League, condemn racism and its systematic oppression of black people. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to the NFL players earlier and encourage all players to speak out and peacefully protest. We, the National Football League, believe that black lives matter, end quote. And I'll let me comment on this real quick, if I may. You know, everything that's going on in the country that we covered in detail in the last episode, I'm really surprised the NFL has made a complete 180 on this topic. You know, as the NFL is, they tend to kind of stay in the middle with things, be as neutral as possible, in most cases anyway, really other than the taking a knee last time, which they were not very neutral on. But everybody knows if, you, if you're sitting on social media and everything, there are still tons and tons of people that are still on, in the side of that will refuse to watch the NFL if anybody's kneeling. For whatever reason it is, it doesn't really matter. But that's what you see all the time. They say they're not going to watch the NFL anymore, whatever the case may be. So not going to get into the details there, but I do know how much it'll affect them business-wise. It did affect them pretty significantly 
for a short period of time, at least during the Kaepernick time, you know, a few years ago. And to me, it's really surprising, really, that they took this kind of a stance. Uh, and, and they have the data to back it up this time before they didn't. And it's more than likely going to affect them negatively. So that was really surprising on my end. But with all that being said, you know, I'd like to commend Roger Goodell and the NFL for taking a stand because if the owners did not agree to this as well, even if some of them are kicking and screaming, Jerry Jones, he definitely wouldn't have made that statement. And they have made a decision that more than likely will cost them money, but showing there's more important things in the world. So I guess you got to well, commend them for that. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a no brainer and I think it was a must do by the NFL. It, they're the flagship and the representative of all sports in this country. And yes, they do base things off of money and they are going to take a hit, which is shocking to me. I'm, I'm surprised that, that they came up with such a stance on this where they could have let it play out just like they have been doing with the coronavirus and everything else. The ebbs and flows of this entire thing and see where it plays out and to abruptly do this within such a short period of time is more of the surprise for to me that the NFL would do this. They've got time that they could have killed on this whole thing. They didn't need to make this right. statement in such a quick period of time. That's the surprising part to me. But I think at this point, Goodell didn't want it to, it to be perceived as a pressure. That's why he was doing it. Because the NFL has this stigma of they do where they go where the money leads and if he would have waited too long in this situation i think that people would have seen it as oh that's bullshit he's only doing that just because now the shit's hit the fan and he needs to come up with something so i yeah you're right i, I commend them as far as the adrian peterson situation if this is how he feels that he can make a statement and he wants NFL players along with him to make that statement and now do it in a mass versus having a couple of guys doing it and have it a hands across the league that make a statement to do this. More power to him. These are grown men that can make their decisions the way they want to. And um, if that's how he feels that that's going to make that statement, then go for it. Does that mean that we can get Eric Reed though? I mean, he was blackballed by the NFL since the NFL has made this grandiose statement that they condemn everything. We can we can go out and get our safety now, right? Well, the more the merrier in the safety position because uh, I would take him with open arms. To say <laughs> right. So, I mean, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he, he doesn't have to call anybody out anymore because, hey, he was he was one of the trailblazers for this whole thing, right? They should be clamoring to get this guy. We want character guys, right? All these guys that knelt four years ago, they're all the they're all the trailblazers. They're the Mount Rushmore of this whole thing. <laughs> Everybody should be begging to have Eric Reed now. The forefathers. <laughs> yeah, the forefathers, man. Well, then that I mean, the league tends to make horrific decisions on pretty right. much across the board, and hey, they finally made a good one. So congratulations for them. Good for them. For them. You know. One out of a thousand, you know, <laughs> sunshine's on a dog's ass some days, you know. Moving on to the NBA, it was announced on Sunday that the NBA Players Union and the NBA agreed that there will only be testing for performance enhancing drugs or PEDs, but not recreational drugs when the league resumes July 31st. That could get kind of weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, what do you, oh, do you, do you have any thoughts on Are you the kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Why even come up with a statement then? I know. Like, I mean, why even come up with a statement? No, we're not going to test our recreational drugs. Yeah, because they know that these guys have been, been unsupervised, <laughs> sitting at home, doing whatever the hell they wanted to do. And they're worried they're going to lose half of them. The players, they agreed with the Players Association. The Players Association was like, they, they, they probably fell out of their seat when the NBA <laughs> proposed this. They're like, hell yeah, man. Where can we sign up for this shit? Well, did... 
I don't know if, who proposed it. I would I would be willing to bet it was the players, though. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably you're probably right. That's crazy that that Adam Silver feels the need to come out with it. Just let let it let sleeping dogs lie. Nobody knows anyway. Nobody knows. Right. Just let it go. All right. So they do random testing. If one comes back, say all right, throw it in the toilet. And be done with it, you know? <laughs> if it's a PED situation, then okay, I can see that because it's detrimental to the game. And that statement, if somebody asks the question, say, hey, I don't know if somebody came to him and said, what's your testing policy going to look like during this time period? Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. But it looked like it was a formal statement that was made. I know. So that's weird to me. And and the fact that they were proactive with that... When there's so many gray areas to this whole thing, I don't even know what the hell's going on with this playoff system, but to feel that you need to make a statement on recreational drugs during this time period, it was it was just funny. It's like, see, guys, we're cool. Yeah. See? See? <laughs> Go nuts. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be funny uh, being at Disney World, snorting coke and... You know, well, I, I, what, what do you do? You boil LSD? What, what do you well, do? Well, no, that? I mean, because they have their families there, Matt. Remember? Oh, yeah, they're right, going to have their families <laughs> and their little ones and their dogs there. So they might have to clean up their act for a couple of weeks. I was going to say, I guess it's a good thing that crowds aren't there this time, right? Because, I mean, we don't need to run our test. Oh yeah, some guy raging. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's still coming down. They got Bird, they got Birdman out there that freaking goes nuts after he snorted a line off a woman's back. Uh, anyway, I thought that was pretty funny. I thought we should talk yeah. about that. But um, yeah, but I mean, obviously, this is hilarious. But to to just come out and say that you're doing that, like. If they were asked the question, that's yeah. fine. But there's no question to answer here. Nobody gives a no. shit. Everybody's so happy to have sports back and have the NBA yeah, back. They could- even this shit playoff system that they've come up with. People <laughs> don't even care. It's so convoluted. And, and I was talking to you about this before, right? I'm usually yeah. like a savant when it comes to like, even when we were kids, I used to come up with like leagues that we could do standings batting averages, all kinds of things for different sports games that we used to play. I had to read this thing, this convoluted, nonsensical way percentages and winning percentages and play-ins and this and that, like 10 times in order to get it. It might as well have been in Mandarin. Yeah, you actually called me and you were like, do you understand this? Because I'm having issues I've never here. D- I, in, in the 42 years I've been on this planet, I have never done that and asked a question about how rankings go. I do freaking bracketology, stats on bubbles, and how teams can get into the NFL playoffs without even looking at it. This thing, I looked at it, and it it was like on the Rosetta Stone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I I feel like it's so important to kind of go by it bullet point by bullet point. I'm going to try to not make you guys go to sleep because, (laughs) honestly, it (laughs) was... It was a very, like you mentioned, convoluted. Really, there wasn't any detail at all. A lot of gray areas. And this is what we know as of right now. And there's still some things that are unknown, uh, which we'll get into. But just to recap, if you haven't heard or care, you know, some don't. But here it goes. So just bear with me for a second. Professor Matt. Yes, Professor Matt. I'm going to make this as easy as I possibly can, okay? So the league is inviting 22 teams in total based off of record, meaning... If a team is currently six games back or more of the eighth seed, then they were not invited. I think everybody gets that, right? right? There's going to be eight regular season games prior to the playoffs. These eight games will determine how the playoff teams are seeded or could potentially bump teams currently in the playoffs out completely. Right. Understood? Okay. Currently, the NBA 
also has a tentative schedule in place for the playoffs. So that was actually new. The first round is set to begin August 18th. The conference finals are set September 15th and September 30th for the actual finals finals. So something that was really surprising to me, though, that just came out either yesterday or today was that every series is still going to be seven games. Uh, The only difference is that they're going to take one day off in between games during those series. So they're going to try to breeze through these. They don't have to do the travel days anymore because everything's there. True. But I also thought that because they're doing the eight games, they would have at least started with five for the first series. But that was pretty surprising to me. But also wanted to note that the plan for next year, the 2020-21 season, that's going to be pushed back till December 1st, and which most of you know, it usually opens mid to late October. So uh, so I hope this helped make sense of all this. I took out the most basic portions <laughs> of it and tried to make it as easy to understand as possible. That was a real Cliff Notes version or like for dummy, 2019-2020 season NBA for dummies version. I mean, that yeah. really was. <laughs> right. I know you hate this uh, 22-team system, but I was going to say, feel free to listen to Noel's insane rant on this <laughs> on episode eight, Jordan Cuts His Profits, and mine much more sensical rant that I went on regarding that. So we, we got to even each other out Absolutely. a little bit here. All right. It's <laughs> so, hard to even me out, man. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm like a thousand pound me, man on that, on that balance beat on the, uh, on the seesaw. <laughs> a thousand pound man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, moving on, kind of a funny story. We'll touch on it briefly about uh, Wizards GM Tommy Shepard. So obviously, I didn't say it prior, but if you didn't know, the Wizards are confirmed as one of the 22 teams, one of the nine teams out of the East. So this story came out of Bullets Forever. So sources around the league indicated that Wizards GM Tommy Shepard worked tirelessly, quote unquote, to convince his colleagues to allow some sort of a playoff plus format is what they're calling it. Just a couple thoughts on this, if I could. This is phenomenal think uh finally one for the good guys because jesus you know you know how things have gone for the wizards as of late doesn't seem to work out and hey you know it's it's pretty cool that we get to watch eight additional games thanks tommy shepherd yeah thanks thanks shep does he go by (laughs) shep i don't know apparently uh he's really liked around the league we talked about this before i'm a really big fan of his he just seems like a really nice guy anytime he's interviewed he's he's also so transparent almost sometimes a little too transparent yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, hey, you know, keep that shit to yourself. But it's weird because he's kind of the anti Ernie Grunfeld in a way being and it's it's so strange because he worked with a guy forever. So right. you think that something would have rubbed off on him. But he's just it's like they, they never want to speak of his name again after he was gone. But he embraces the analytics, total anti Ernie. I don't even think they had an analytics department when he was there. His draft picks aren't really seem to be based off of fit versus, you know, being able to jump out of the building or upside quote unquote, that was Ernie's big thing. Extremely anti Ernie. I mean, he bamboozled the Spurs for Bertans. As, as if anybody's listening to the show, we we got a we got kind of a hard on for Bertans, you know, this <laughs> yeah. season. And he also got Bonga and Wagner from the Lakers for virtually nothing. And he even got Bradley Beal to resign on a league that has all star teams, you know. So I was, I think that was his biggest thing. But it's just weird that you know they decided on the random six games back number, and maybe he had a lot to do with it. <clears throat> From what I had read, he had lobbied pretty hard. He was kissing babies and doing the whole thing over there, and, and trying to come up with different ways to get the Wizards slid into the whole thing. So hey, it's part of his job to try to push the team into where they need to get. And he, I, I really like the guy. I think he's made some good moves. As far as your resume, how he got Bertans and and Bonga and and guys like that, the the Bertans one kind of fell into his lap. What you're right. What helped him in that 
aspect was he's a friendly guy and he knows a lot of people and they're willing to make deals with him. But that Bertans deal totally fell into our lap because the Spurs wanted Morris and no. they were, they had to make room and the Wizards waved their hand and said, well, we'll take him. And the Spurs ended up getting screwed. But that being said, I'm really happy with the way Shepard has handled things. I think the guys on the team like him a lot. They trust him. He's like you said, he's open sometimes to a fault. Not in a negative way, though. Not in a negative way. You can tell he wanted this job. He is fighting for this team. And I think he wanted to fight for this team to get in, for better or worse. Uh, for me, I would have just kind of sat back and said, hey, we've got some things we've got to handle on the interior for next season and moved on with it. But he decided to take the route of pushing for this team to be into the uh, playoff, and we'll see how it goes. Hey, we're going to get eight games out of it. Right, absolutely. Else, so. No, I can't complain. I, it's been too long. I want to see my whiz, for better or worse, if, even if they get stomped in all the games. They're, they're one of 22 teams in the league, and they're one of a couple of sports that are going to be playing at that time. I mean, you're going to have that, you're going to have soccer, and you're going to have hockey. hockey, but so they're going to be showcased a little bit. That's nice. Hopefully they, um, they're competitive and, um, you know, don't humiliate themselves and hopefully nobody gets injured. Well, yeah, that's a big one, but well, we've seen what a general manager can do to a franchise like Bruce Allen, a, a guy who's hated around the league. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's good to have a nice change of pace for somebody who's actually liked. Absolutely. So. And especially considering that he was on an interim role and they were really pressing hard to go get a name guy. And, yeah. and he really proved, he had to prove himself. And I think he did a hell of a job of doing that. And I think he deserves the job. Being a nice guy and, you know, everybody trusting you is one thing. If you can't make the decisions, and I will say that Grumsfeld, yes, there was criticism there, but in certain situations where, especially when they were a playoff team that could make a push, he did make those additional pieces that kind of gave them that oomph that they needed. Wasn't a fan. He, he, he hamstrung them in a lot of situations, but he did make that additional little piece that gave them that depth that they needed to be even a little bit more competitive. Yeah, but Ernie, the difference is, I mean, he burned the house down Oh, absolutely. Himself. No, I'm and not then, defending then, him, no. And then he was a fireman and put the fire out and, and made and made the right. best of a shitty he did, situation. He did, just, he did just enough to show that he had, he had the potential to do that job. And eventually, it just reared its ugly head with the wall deals and everything else. But it was a good time for a change. I think that this could be a good marriage, and I, I hope that it is. With that being said, I wanted to talk about uh, what we didn't cover at the portion of the beginning of the show, because it'll make more sense here. But according to the good people in the desert, currently Vegas has the Wizards at a plus 2,050. <laughs> sorry, plus 2,500, yeah, I should say. There you go. Thank you. To sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, that's not bad, I guess. But um, in comparison, the seventh seed, the Nets are minus 140, and the eighth seed, which are the Magic, are plus 130 to make the playoffs. Uh, the way it breaks down is, and what I didn't mention before, if the Wizards get within four games of the eighth seed, then there will be two quote-unquote play-in games between the Wiz and the eighth seed if it's either the Magic or the Nets. Those are the only two teams that could be a possibility. So the Wiz at that point would have to win both games to clinch that spot. Uh, they, they must win both, and the team in the eighth seed can win only one and still advance. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. So Wizards win two and the other team wins zero. And it's the only way that they're making it in 
if they're within those four games. It's so weird. I'm sorry. I, I still don't understand why those numbers are those numbers, but whatever. So hopefully all that makes sense. I don't mean to say that I'm freaking always right, but I, there we did, go. D- did I predict this shit or didn't I predict this? I mean, just acknowledge it. Acknowledge it so I don't go f- get completely fired up. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand what these arbitrary what numbers have shit? to do with anything. These are like arbitrary numbers, six games back to get in, four games to do the play-in where then the 8-9 <laughs> game, the 8 seed has to win one game, the 9 seed has to win both in a two-game series, then the knee bone's connected to the dick bone. I mean, I, I just don't get all this. I don't understand why they have to be. You were talking about earlier that they want to make it easy for the fans. They want to make it simplistic for the fans. My group shit is might be too complicated. This stuff is like, you have to be a rocket scientist to, 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 some, to figure this shit out. Then the winning percentage, because the teams don't play the same amount of games. I get it. It's just stupid. And going back to what you were saying about the odds, it's so apparent when you're looking at the numbers. And I didn't fully look at the numbers. My first inkling was, why the hell are the Wizards even in this thing? Okay. And then when I looked at the numbers, and we talked about this before, and I especially said, why the hell are the Wizards in this thing? They're 7-19 and against winning teams. They're going to play eight games. Supposedly, they're playing versus the it's conference versus conference. So they're going to be playing the other East Conference teams. So you're playing the other teams. You have an abysmal record against the majority of the teams that are on this listing. They might yep. not win a game. <laughs> I, I'm not exaggerating. They might not win a game. They might get stomped in all of these. And you know, you're looking at the odds of plus 2,500 for the Wizards. They've rated them at 10% chance to get the eighth spot. Right. Was there a point in them being in this? What is the payoff here? And I've asked you, and I asked you this before. You were talking about Wall coming back and rah, rah, they could make a run here. I'm like, what is the actual point of all this? What is the payoff beyond the fact that we're going to be happy because we get to see our whiz, right? They're going to be, and like we talked about before, they're going to be in a situation where there's few sports going on. They're one of 22 teams that get to fight for this. But just to see them get their ass kicked, I mean, I, I really don't see it. Yes, I hope that they I hope they put in a valiant effort, and I hope that this doesn't burn bridges. I told you before, what was the point of Wall coming back? Because they were going to criticize, like we talked about in a previous episode, if they play like shit. I hope to God that Beal doesn't say, what the hell am I in here? I'm never going to compete for anything. I'm getting my ass kicked. We're losing games. We were one of the worst defenses in the league. I don't see it getting any better against the top seven seeds in this thing. So I just don't see what the payoff is. And I hope Bertans doesn't say, goodbye. (laughs) See you later. This is my last three. And then take (laughs) off. And and then then head off into the sunset because they're just getting buried. Yeah, this is going to be a tough road, to say the least. There's no way around it. Like you mentioned, they're only going to play playoff teams. It's very, very concerning, and they may not win a game. Like you said, they're only 7-19 and against against winning teams. They were swept, again, by the Magic, 0-4 against that team. They're a terrible matchup for them. In the NBA, everything's about matchups. This is one that, that really hurts me. And as a guy who watches every single freaking game, I don't even know why I do this to myself sometimes, but the team hasn't won more than two games in a row all season. Right. 
all that's all season and they've only won two in a row four times the entire year so that's like what nfl teams do you can't have three games in a row like yeah. one time it was a t- it was a tough season the only thing that really made it somewhat entertaining is that bertans and beal was that stretch, I'll tell you what part. a fun stretch during the season was. And what the very beginning against the Rockets? When they had when every yeah, well and when everybody was injured, when they had to go mm-hmm. down to the bare bones and Garrison Matthews had like twenty four points in that game. That oh, was yeah, a fun that, was, that was a fun time to watch them. And they were like all just it was like a college team out there, you know? They were like falling on each other on the bench and all that. And then guys started to gradually come back and they are what they are. They're just not a very good team right now. They've got young pieces and I think they have some building blocks, but I hope Shepard did the right thing for pushing for it because they are the most undeserving team of the 22. And oh, no doubt. Moving over to the West side and, and you're talking about these calculations, there's 13 teams on that side. Like, how are they doing this? It's pretty cut and dry on the Eastern side. They're going to play eight games. There's nine teams. You're going to play the eight other teams. But you have 13 teams on the West side. How the hell are you calculating this? There can't be any commonality in the schedule. What if the, what if the Spurs get screwed and play the top three seeds and then the other teams like the Pelicans don't have to play the Lakers or something like that. How are you calculating all this? What are you doing? That's the side that's really, that I looked at it. I'm like, okay, what are the plans on this? There's no specifics at all. Yeah, there's none. We we talked about it before. I mean, maybe it's it's just going to have to do with tiebreakers during the regular season because they still have to take into account what happened in the regular season. I don't know. That is bullshit. And we talked about that off the air before, too, about that teams are completely different. It's been three months. Right. So you're going to tell me that, okay, well, they only play, they played three games three months ago during the season and they split. So they're two and one against, I don't know, the Trailblazers. So they're going to play one more time against the Trailblazers. So it'll either be an even series or it'll be three one. Makes no sense. It's so dumb. I like Adam Silver. I think he's the best commissioner out there. I really do. I think he's a complete beast. But in this situation, for you to the only cut and dry thing that you've come out with in the last two weeks is that you're not going to give fucking drug tests <laughs> is freaking ridiculous to me. This thing is bullshit. We're flying by the seat of our pants over here. You've had three months to figure this shit out and you're coming up with stuff with odd teams on one side, odd teams on the other. He knows this thing sucks. He has to. Well, and that's what happens when you have many people having to negotiate. I understand having to play those eight games because you can't just force these playoff teams to just start playing playoff basketball immediately. Right. Absolutely. Completely agree. But there's still no excuse for this arbitrary number of of, uh, six and four and one and a half and and that stuff. I just don't get it. The gaps between the standings, though, every game's going to be a playoff game basically anyway. Within some of the the gaps and the games back on this, there could be some major seed changes in these eight games. Big time, yeah. Big time. So we're talking about, you know, and the Wizards, going back to the Wizards, the Nets, Magic, and Wizards. Now, the Nets are so high up that the Wizards, the likelihood of them catching them is a snowball's chance in hell. No, I don't but think, that I think team they're, is freaking, they're only a game ahead of, of Orlando. Based on the record and based on who they're playing and how the Nets have done against higher teams, it's not a good chance. But that is a reeling team. They have injuries. That could be a team that falters off. But that would mean that the Magic would slide up and they'd still have to leapfrog both teams, Matt. I just don't see how the Wizards can potentially get in. 
That's why they're at the 2,500, because they'd have to hope that the Magic leapfrog the Nets, potentially, beat them, and then the Wizards would have to basically beat both. That'd be the best-case scenario, because the Wizards are actually 2-0 and against Brooklyn this year. Right. No, no. They played well against Brooklyn, and I hate that fucking team. I know. So I'd love that to happen, but they're reeling with injuries. That would be their best case to get in, but to me, I don't see the payoff here. I, I don't know what the monetary benefit for the Wizards going is. I don't know all that. I haven't dug that deep into it. I'm sure that it's better than them sitting on their ass at home. Well, obviously. And if, if there was information, they wouldn't have said it or they haven't figured it out yet, more than likely. Or they haven't figured it out <laughs> yet, obviously. They're still talking to the PA about, can they snort coke in their freaking hotel rooms? Is that cool? <laughs> in Mickey's bubble over there. Yeah, yeah, in Mickey's bubble. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he'll approve. It's, it's so I, I don't know. It For me, selfishly, I want to see him play a few more games. I like watching him. I love the Wizards. But at the end of the day, I, I just don't see why they were in this. If they had done it where there was like where they were playing common teams to kind of play their way into it, I would have seen that. But just to get yourself hammered down by playoff teams and just to be like basically a test dummy for these other teams to see where they're at. It's kind of pointless to me, and I just hope everybody doesn't get demoralized on the team. And we've got young guys, too, that are probably pretty hopeful right now. Like, sweet, we're back, man. We got a chance. And they're, they're just going to get fucking kicked in the balls hard. I mean, that's just what's going to happen. I think the, everybody on that team knows who they are, and I, I guarantee oh, no. Oh, Wagner, you know him. He's like, a, uh, he, he's excited as hell right now. He's like, we're, he, he wants to take on the world. Well, how about guy. how about he hits a three? Uh, that would be nice, like he did earlier in the year. What the hell happened to that guy? I don't know. I mean, man. you want to like, talk all of a sudden when he came back from his injury, he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. He was like Sadoransky in his rookie year. It's like your shot. Like, the only Euro <laughs> on the face of it. We find the only Euros that can't hit a goddamn three. Uh, <laughs> it's unbelievable. So many damn Euros out there. They could stand down with their roots at three point range and they can hit it with their eyes closed. This guy couldn't hit it on an eight foot rim. That's Ernie's move. He, uh, Jan Besley yeah. as well. The, the guy you talk about jumping out of the building. Right. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's Ernie's move, and Sa- Sadoransky was Ernie's as well. Well, hopefully we do get to finally keep the one Euro that we've got that can hit threes. I'm just hoping that everything works out. Let Beal get his 200 threes maybe in, <laughs> and everybody can just have a you know a happy ending to this season and say, hey, we've got some fighters on this team. We've got some guys with some character. We can go out and finish off a little bit here and bring Bertans back and fight for next season because I've said this before and I really think that this team next year, if they bring the pieces back, I believe in the Eastern Conference, they can make some noise next year. Just don't let this tournament, whatever the hell they want to call it, do too much damage to their psyche and to their brand. Before we go, I wanted to mention as well that I think it's pretty much confirmed that they're going to be pumping in crowd noise. NBA 2K NBA noise. 2K noise. Now, now, I was going to say, are they just doing it for the TV audience? Or are they actually going to do it during the games? Okay, so what the Bundesliga is doing, and I've been watching that because it's been the only damn thing that's on. Premier League starts this weekend, by the way, if anybody's interested. You're not watching the and Korean Baseball League? That's out there. I haven't watched it um, at, at bat. The, the KBL? Unless they have Sarahata O in it. <laughs> I don't watch it. That's a callback to one of the old episodes, so <laughs> go ahead, though. So anyway, um, Bundesliga, what they've done is you have the option of having your crowd noise, right? Mm. So what they've done, they took old recordings from games in those situations. So let's just say Byron Leverkusen plays Borussia Dortmund. They Who? took... <laughs> go ahead. All right. Well, Byron Munich. Do you know that team? Yeah, that, I've heard of them. Okay, there we go. Hey, Byron <laughs> Munich versus Borussia Dortmund. They took scenarios 
in which they took crowd noise from those games and are utilizing that type of crowd noise in their home stadiums. Hmm. And what they're doing is they have guys, they have a 10-man crew that is manually putting in sound. So if, let's say, the ball hits the crossbar or a guy gets fouled illegally and there's a sigh or whatever from the crowd, they have that noise as well. And then a guy will hit like a button and then it'll go like, oh, or like hits the crossbar. That's pure German engineering. Do everything like perfect. You know, if we're going to do this, we do it right. You know, that that shit. But the NBA will basically just be like. (sighs) Yeah, right. They'll just do that maybe. But I just thought it it, when you were saying that and doing the NBA 2K part, it made me think of how intricate the Bundesliga has done it. Now, what I think another option would be, and I don't think, I don't know if they're doing this, is they can actually, for charity, what they should be doing is, is taking cardboard cutouts of people, right? And you pay to have your cardboard cutout put in the stands, like a celebrity or whatever it is, and they can make a donation and they put their cardboard cutout in the seats. And some of the stadiums in the Bundesliga have done that. And the stadium looks really good. I'm like, damn, are there people in there? And then obviously they zoom in and you can see that they're cardboard cutouts, but they have the people on them. And they're giving that money to the COVID charities. So I think that might be an option for them. I haven't heard anything. If they can't even figure out the rules, I'm sure they haven't gotten that far in it. It's funny you mention that because, you know, they, they've got all these LED boards now. Right. Um, and And I was thinking... Why don't just like how the NFL did it on the draft? Why not have people at their computers and just do an entire massive LED board of people cheering and, and, and watching it live? And then exactly, they, they can put money into it, and uh, if they want to be on it, they, they put five bucks in, whatever. And then you have a thousand people on this LED board. Then you have some real crowd noise potentially. Absolutely, even where they have poles with screens in the in the chairs, like you can you can even do like one hundred people or whatever, because the stadium's going to be smaller, right? And you have just small LED screens in the seats, and the people's faces on there. I mean, they do those type of things all the time, almost like Zoom. Mm-hmm. where they have the screen with the person's face on there and they pay like a a charity or whatever to have their – that they can watch the game as if they're in the stands and you can hear that audio that way. I mean those are – there are multiple ways that they can do it versus just plugging in freaking NBA 2K and doing it. That's the dumbest but, shit ever. I and, yeah, and you but, have and you have the real fan interaction, you know. I right. mean, you're not going to have people, you know, screaming the whole time like you would at an arena, but you'd still get real time reactions when things happen. Right, and if you know that like Drake is watching the game in on his little screen, you know, and his face is there, it might enthuse the crowd, and and it might enthuse the players a little bit. I'm just using him as an example, but knowing that those guys are watching there and you can see them and almost interact with them and you can go up to like when you're at the bench yeah. and you can see them see their face behind the bench that's kind of cool i mean shit they show them 800 times a game anyway what the fuck difference does it make <laughs> so you're seeing them on a screen so for me i mean i think it would be fun no it'd be i think that's the way to go i thought and I, yeah i'm gonna bring up wrestling for a second here just very very briefly but at wrestlemania at WrestleMania, they were in the WWE Performance Center, and I didn't understand. They've got all these people watching it. That was my idea. I was like, "This it's so weird. You can hear a freaking pin drop in this place. Yeah. You, you could pay them if you really wanted to and be like, right. just go nuts. Hey, you take 10 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever, and just go ballistic the entire time. We are paying you to do yeah. this. Uh, you know, I mean, shit, even if it's do manufactured. It on their crap. They'll do it for a freaking sporting event. You big TikTok you know, they do guy? They just for the hell of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've got a 15-year-old daughter, so, you know, she. Uh, I'm keeping her off the TikTok and keeping her <laughs> the, off. The TikTok. 
whatever the hell it's called. But if they can't get their act together with how this playoff system and everything else is is to play out and they still have gray areas when we're a little under two months away from when it's supposed to start, then they're not going to be able to figure out the intricacies of how to do these audio things or how to expand the social media aspect of doing it. And I don't think it's very hard. No. They're just making themselves behind the eight ball and they don't really need to be. Pumping in 2K sound. What a joke. Yeah. I mean, that's just going to be weird in itself. Anyway. But hey, the Wiz are in it. Let's go. Let's do this thing. Let's go, Wiz. I don't care what the numbers say, what the odds are. Pull this shit Let's out. Let's do this. Crazier things have happened, right? So No, they haven't. And, uh, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> hey, but I will say, bet a dollar on 2500 They make the playoffs. Isn't that how betting works? You get $2,500? <laughs> hey, that, that's – yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's like Leicester City when they won the Premier League. Like yeah. b- people were, became millionaires <laughs> off of that shit. You put five bucks in. I uh, what's the yeah, math on man. that? Why yeah. not? I got five dollars. Yeah, but um. Hey, anyway, I'm just happy to have sports back. Me too. Me too. We're getting there, everyone. We're getting there slowly but surely. We're getting there, even if it's a shitty version. At least we're getting there. It's something. It's something. But all right. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode. As always, we're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, tell your friends. Word of mouth is a huge help as well. I also wanted to give a quick shout out to Daryl from the HTTR Fan Zone. I actually know his name now, but he's a great guy. He's in California. We talked about him prior, but he's such a huge fan of the show. He's promoting it as much as he can on his site. So I wanted to promote his as well. He has a great Facebook group, so please join that. He's always on it. He's always updating with some some really awesome stories. And, and he's not just posting things that are people already posted. He's actually putting together actual articles that he's put in. They're actually very good. So check that out. Again, that's the HTTR Fan Zone. And then, um, again, hey, follow us. That'd be nice, too, on, on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and our Facebook group. So follow his and follow ours. But thanks for listening, and we will see you on Friday.